apparently I'm live now. What's up, guys? I'm only like 45 minutes late, but I would like to say why I'm 45 minutes late. I'm 45 minutes late because I was under the impression that I wasn't going to be live streaming tonight because I thought it was scheduled for the next Monday, not this Monday. But hey, we can still do the show tonight regardless. So I apologize for wasting everyone's time. I uh, am notoriously bad at scheduling all the time to the point where it annoys people that I know. And uh, you can imagine how rough scheduling is in my life because like, I'm married to an ESTP and I was married to an ESFP and making plans with my ESFP ex-wife over having, you know, children, etc., like with her and be able to schedule that and everything changes the last minute because those EPs, right? You know what I'm saying? So like there is no such thing as, um, you know, getting things there an hour and 18 minutes late. Oh, okay. 78 minutes late. <laughs> wow. Gosh, I'm really bad. <laughs> oh man. I'm sorry guys, I really literally thought it was next Monday, and I even have it showing up in my Outlook calendar. The only reason, like, this was a thing is because Kevin Talcott, like, messaged me, and I was watching Monday Night Football on my phone, and I saw the notification, like, show up on my phone, and I'm like, oh, am I really live streaming tonight? What? Good thing the studio's already set up because I was filming. <laughs> So, <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> okay, Santa. All right. Yeah, it's a new record, and I do have a planner, okay? So, yes, I do actually have a planner, uh, but apparently it was not entered in. I, I must have not have entered it into, like, my actual uh, Outlook calendar properly, so... Yeah, I'm really embarrassed, but yeah, y'all can thank Cayman as to uh, why I showed up. <laughs> so, thank you, uh, thank you all. So, yeah, we actually made it. Ugh, I'm really embarrassed right now, and I feel really bad. 78 minutes. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. Yes, I did watch. I watched that game hardcore. I also watched the Browns game. My favorite teams are the Browns, the Bucks, and Seahawks. So, and the Browns lost yesterday, sadly. And uh, and Tampa Bay is playing literally right now. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, that's right, Andrea. I think the uh, the next episode will be uh, Confessions of an ENTP, how to not have a uh, planner. So, so yeah. Um, so, yeah. All right, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I actually showed up. Yay. <laughs> All right, well, first things first. Uh, I want you guys to uh, check out uh, this new thing that we're doing real quick. Um, so I'm going to put the link uh, into the uh, uh, the live chat. 
but csjoseph.life forward slash giveaway, although it might not work. So you might have to do uh, offers.csjoseph.life forward slash giveaway. Uh, so like we have monthly giveaways that we do. Uh, so, and, and we do that like in conjunctions with people being members and whatnot, but uh, the giveaway page is like, hey, if you want to make sure that you're signed up to be entered into like all of the giveaways that we do, because sometimes like, like I, I have a book giveaway um, coming up um, on some videos that I'm doing and uh, also some streams that I'm doing. Uh, but if you guys like want to make sure that you're not missing out on any of that, you go to that webpage offers.csjoseph.life forward slash giveaway and just sign up and then uh, you're basically automatically entered into all of the giveaways that we have uh, once a month. Or you can also enter in wherever they're posted. That might be on Instagram or Facebook or even on YouTube, etc. But if you always want to make sure that you're in for the month, just go up there, put in your information for like the month and you're good to go. And then when the new month cycles around, like the, uh, because there's like a, a tagging system, your account with us is like tagged for the giveaway. Well, that tag is removed at the end of the month. So, so that way, if you want to make sure that you're, uh, entering to win a uh, free coaching, uh, maybe cash giveaway, uh, or being selected to be on, uh, typing live with uh, CSJ and all that, and to be on the show and whatnot. Yeah, that's a thing. So, like, if you want to get in on that, uh, make sure you guys are signed up for that. And it might also send you the type grid. Which, speaking about the type grid, we are working on getting the a new version of the type grid out again. Uh, we're going to be looking at version 4. Version 3 is in Ultimate Messaging Formula, version 4, which means when version 4 is coming out, version 3 will be released uh, to the public for free. And uh, this time it's going to come with a bunch of companion materials and like uh, some definitions, some glossary items to help you actually read and use the type grid so it make a lot more sense. And uh, so that's a that's a thing that we're going to be providing for free at csjoseph.life forward slash type grid in the near future. And uh, that will be a part of our Explore product in the very near future. So that's also a thing uh, that you guys need to keep up on. Also, we're going to have some like big Black Friday deal coming up soon. We're going to have you having some sales, uh, some. And I think like the Black Friday deal that's coming up, it's going to be like a 20% off coaching, but it also stacks with any of your guys' membership discounts that you already have. It stacks with all of that. So you guys can get coaching for like an insanely good price. Uh, and that's that email is going to be going out soon. So make sure you guys are signed up to our email. You can do that at csjoseph.life, offers.csjoseph.life forward slash giveaway or csjoseph.life forward slash type grid. Uh, you, you also get subscribed if you take our personality test at csjoseph.life forward slash discover. Regardless, uh, just get on our email list and uh, you'll be able to receive that Black Friday deal um, for coaching. It is even applicable to um, Jay Ackley's coaching as well. I think like with, with everything, like if you're an acolyte, you get like 50% off coaching and you type verification with him. That's like, my goodness, that's like, um, like 125 bucks off or something like that. 
so that's that's fantastic so just so you guys know that that black friday coupon stacks with all the existing discount codes etc and uh we're also going to be putting ultimate messaging formula on sale as well uh to uh, help people out uh this holiday season etc and uh yeah and uh, we also are going to be doing typing live with CSJ. Yes, I know I'm going on announcements, but I got to get out of my system or else I won't be able to think. Um, typing live with CSJ, we're going to be doing a couple of more of those. And then uh, at that point, it's probably going to end up becoming like a membership perk, actually. So uh, we're looking at that right now. There's still two contestants left from the giveaway uh, that we're doing on uh, our Facebook group. If you want to get in our Facebook group, go to uh, facebook.com forward slash csjosephlife and then click on groups and go to the public group and then you're in our public group and check that out just so you guys like have that and whatnot. So, okay, but I think that's it for announcements. Oh, um, new season 23 uh, and 24. Season 24 is going to be ongoing. Uh, I'm trying to film film at least one a day and we're going to be releasing them pretty quick so we just want i just want to get season 24 done and move on to uh, more important things i got some really cool killer content for the youtube channel planned but i haven't been able to do that because honestly i've been really focusing on finishing migrating off of our old website onto their new one i have to redo all the seo i don't have enough staff members to assist me even railguns helping me with it and we have to like make 200 plus web pages and it's insane it's pure insanity the amount of work that we have to do but we're going to be doing that over the next two weeks so content you may only see one or two videos coming out maybe three videos a week coming out in the near future but that's why it's because we're just swamped and then once that's done and I finally have all that finished, then I'll actually have a lot more bandwidth for content creation. And then I'm going to be releasing some really cool new stuff that you guys haven't seen yet. So that's pretty cool. And uh, we'll get that figured out. So, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I am I am getting swole, getting there. Um, I'm actually going to the gym immediately following this live stream. So good times and then I'm going to be uh, filming season 23 the next how to parent episode this month we have how to parent ESFPs and how to parent ENTPs uh, that is releasing this month by the way guys I know like some of you out there are like eh, I don't care about you know how to parent these types because I mean I might watch it for like myself but like but here's the thing folks just don't forget it. it's like everyone's responsibility to parent your fellow human beings it really is so watch all of them. You never know what you'll find out. I say some crazy stuff about the ESFJ episode that we just released. And while most people statistically don't watch the ESFJ content, you might want to watch this one uh, because a lot of problems associated with society is literally as a result of bad problems in society is as a result of parenting ESFJs poorly. You might want to check that out. So. Please get involved on season 23, the parenting lectures, because they're pretty hardcore. And uh, and if you guys think like I'm really hardcore in general about stuff, like I'm super hardcore about that. Season 23, other than season 18, season 23 represents like the fulfillment of a mission, basically. Oh, and one other thing. Uh, the CSJ men's group that we have, we're going to be releasing a landing page for that where people can sign up. We have some strict requirements to join. You have to read the Rational Mail volumes one, two, and three. 
you have to be a man. Uh, um, you have to um, read a, a book called Sex at Dawn by Christopher Ryan, and you have to have a completed LinkedIn profile with all-star status and 500 connections to at least be considered in joining. And then we review uh, your guys' applications and not everybody will be allowed in, uh, but uh, I'm sure the more professional or more well-rounded, or if you just give a good story and explain yourself or whatever, then I'm sure leadership would definitely consider you. Uh, but the men's group is quite exclusive and we've been doing tons of awesome things like uh, dashboarding the csjoseph.life test uh, data where we actually get to see uh, you know how the audience is represented based on all of our test submissions uh, how many um, like which types are represented the most among females or which types are represented the most you know by area or uh, by uh, by location etc or how long people have taken to take the test which types take the longest to take the t test like we have some amazing metrics and amazing data that we've been able to gather as a result of the test and the men's group uh, has basically become the uh, focus group for that data. So if you want to get in on that, I highly recommend that you guys consider joining. I'll be sending out an email soon that explains the sign-up process for men who want to get involved in the men's group. And for all of you women out there, like, well, what about our women's group? Well, we've had like two different women's groups, but all of them have completely crashed and burned. And anytime anyone signed up to be a leader in there, it's completely and utterly failed. So I don't really know what else to tell you women out there. It's not my fault. I've tried to facilitate the women's group multiple times, but one, I'm not a woman, so it's not exactly appropriate. And the other thing is too, like the women that were running our past uh, groups and whatnot, well, it just kind of didn't really go anywhere. So like, um, so um, not interested in that kind of joke, Tanya. Uh, so, we'll say biologically and you know so but yeah anyway and uh yes shout out to lev so um the test is already released uh mary it's at csjoseph.life forward slash discover uh no he's not an intp he's an intj uh so awesome and uh well okay well maybe he's an entp i've always thought of him as an intj so we'll see um, yeah, I'm probably not interested in that, uh, Ellie, not really. Um, yeah, well, the thing is, Colby, like, we really utilize LinkedIn for a lot of the things that we do, uh, including helping other men, uh, get their skills endorsed. We help them get, like, letters of recommendation, uh, figured out. We help them identify their skill set. We try to get them away from soft skills to hard skills. We make these guys a lot more hireable. And, uh, I mean, we do a lot of things in the men's group. So, uh, we really, really stress professional development. And uh, that's that's it's it's just a it's just a really important uh, thing, and especially for male space. And we don't violate male space here at all in the CSJ community. So uh, it's something that is held sacred because our mission here is to take put an end to fatherlessness, and male space is necessary for the sake of dealing with uh, fatherlessness. So that's just. Uh, that's just kind of how it goes. Um, I don't know why women need a group. People just ask me to have a group for women. I'm like, sure, go ahead and start one, but it always crashes and burns. So I don't know what to say. Uh, 
So anywho. All right, cool. So let's actually uh, move on to the actual material at uh, 15, 39, 40 right now in the show. So that's cool. Um, but uh, awesome. Okay. Uh, great, Marky Mark. Thank you for uh, correcting as usual. So uh, in the last episode of Confessions of an ENTP, we talked about how, you know, overcoming adversity and facing adversity is key to an ENTP success. And that's important. And you also have to like give up, you know, when you're not dealing or when you are in the middle of, it, of adversity, which is really, really easy for, you know, an NP to do in that particular moment. But the thing is though, is that it's not good enough for an ENTP to become a master of adversity because as we've learning right now in season 23 from the parenting lectures as part of the uh, journeyman membership, which is only $29 a month and comes with all these amazing bonuses at csjoseph.life forward slash members, hashtag become a member today, please. But uh, I mean like literally Philip J. Fry, right? You know, anyway, the point is, is that as, as awesome as awesome as like an ENTP or an NP could possibly get with managing and overcoming adversity in their life, which is really significant. The thing is though, is that the reality of the situation is, is no one man can do it all. Like literally no one man can do it all or no one person can do it all. We are each one of the 16 puzzle pieces that makes up the total available cognition of mankind. And that too is still separated amongst two different genders, male and female, which means there would be 32 different components of cognition based on the gender separation alone. And then multiply that by the four sides of the mind. That is, it. and then multiply that by cognitive focus. And that is how many different total variations of cognition that are available. The thing is, is that when you're looking at camaraderie versus compatibility, this too holds a significance when it comes to having a better life. And this is something I've noticed in my life as an ENTP, hashtag as an ENTP, oh, you know, uh, that everyone says like, right, that I just, I really don't like it when people say that. But the point is, is that when you, uh, when you get yourself in a situation, you know, you have to deal with the fact that other people through nurture are going to impact you, the ENTP or the NP in a negative way. This happens all the time. Now, granted, this is why I tell NPs, you know, make sure you read the Tao Jeet Kune Do, make sure that you understand the concept of uh, be like water as per the philosophy of Bruce Lee for expert intuition. But at the same time, that's kind of more of a defensive approach. And I've been telling you, like, you know, the, the defensive approach of, like, you know, perseverance, steadfastness, fortitude, endurance, all those amazing introverted sensing related things that literally lend the NE user a form of invincibility in terms of getting through life because they could just take the hits. And life is not about the blows you can land. Life is about the hits you can take, right? Rocky Balboa said that to his son. But here's the situation. It goes, it goes so much deeper than that because... You have to get you have to realize that other people's decisions are still going to adversely affect you so while you can deal with adversity when it's thrown at you or maybe you yourself are producing adversity you also have the responsibility to prevent adversity at times and that's where your expert intuition comes in you could see it coming but oftentimes the people closest to you in your life they don't know 
that they're causing you adversity. They don't know that they're making you uncomfortable. They don't know that they're burdening you. They don't know that they're obligating you. They don't know that they're taking advantage of you. Sometimes people do know these things, but oftentimes in my life experience as an ENTP, I've noticed that people often don't know these things. Take women, for example. Women have this thing called solipsism. Solipsism is an innate, inborn selfishness that women have. And the reason why it exists, it's a survival mechanism. It's one of the reasons why uh, uh, you know, our race has been able to survive as long as it has. Uh, specifically because of female innate solipsism. An example of female innate solipsism is the concept of war brides. Men go off to war and their women, uh, a lot of women that are you know, left behind, uh, they end up screwing other men that are not their husbands and end up having children with them. Or if those men die, those women are easily able to emotionally detach from their men who have died and moved on with other men uh, pretty quickly. Uh, which is an example of female solipsism. But female solipsism is absolutely necessary for the survival of our race. Women's penchant for survival is what has kept our race alive, right? You know, yeah, I talk about hypergamy, I talk about solipsism, but you're not going to find me like saying that these things are bad. I'm just saying that these things should be managed not bad. I'm not here to like judge women in a negative way as most people would assume that I am. That's not what it's all about. So uh, based on that, um, um, well, I mean, it depends on what context you're talking about, Tanya. Like, so I don't even know why you're bothering to ask that, like seriously. Um, so uh, I don't, I don't, I don't see how solipsism has anything to do with capability. I, I just, I don't know why you're drawing that distinction or how you're coming to that conclusion. That being said, uh, understanding the differences between the genders when it comes to uh, you know decisions that other people make and the consequences that they have, especially from the perspective of an NP, it's really important to know that. And you have to see like where they're coming from. Why are they making the decisions that they are making, right? So it's 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 often uh, it's often a uh, an issue. Um, well, men are just men are kind of idealistic, so. But uh, but yeah, like being obligated all the time as an NP is definitely it's definitely a problem. It's definitely something that you have to do and you have to like be managing people. But as part of the prevention of negative consequences caused by other people, you have to be willing to, you know, establish your boundaries. You have to be willing to enforce those boundaries. This is talked about heavily in the book, No More Mr. Nice Guy by Dr. Robert Glover, who he himself is an ENTP. And he has been a guest on this show uh, multiple times. You can actually search uh, Robert Glover on this YouTube channel and watch an episode where I interviewed him and it's absolutely fantastic and, and I recommend it. Uh, but the situation is, is that it's not good enough for an ENTP, for example, or an NP for that matter, to just take the hits. Oftentimes you have like, like for example, even INTPs because they're so afraid of how other people feel, they often get doormatted, they often get taken advantage of because we're so systematic. NTPs have this problem that oftentimes we are not really seeing how other people's decisions are literally creating more work for us. 
And we also have a hard time saying no to people because of our inborn innate uh, Stockholm syndrome that's kind of built in with systematic SI. All crusaders struggle with it, but it's especially bad uh, with uh, NTPs, uh, with that Stockholm syndrome. So what do you do in that situation, right? Well, you have to look at the people closest to you. You have to look at the people and take inventory of the people that you allow to be in your life. It's, it's really important. And you have to ask yourself this question, you know, do these people benefit me? Am I providing a real benefit to them? Do these people benefit me, etc.? And I've, I've actually, I've actually ended entire relationships uh, over this. Um, like for example, I had this one relationship which was barely a relationship, where I'd send this person gifts in the mail and whatnot, and it's like, wow, they're obviously getting way more out of it than I am. Why am I doing this? So I'm just like, why am I like, do I have self-respect? I'm obviously wasting my time. And uh, like, and then their their response to that was insanely thoughtless. And it's like, wow, you know, I'm obviously being taken advantage of here. It when although you know, from their solipsistic point of view, it's like, well, this is just the norm. It's it's normal for me. This is how I should be treated. This is how women of my status level should be treated. And it's like, no, that's you being entitled. That's that's entitlement. So no, I I'm not down for that entitlement. So. The point I'm trying to make is is that even though NPs or ENTPs can take the hits, it doesn't mean that we have to. It doesn't mean that we have to face every adversity. It doesn't just because we can face adversity, just because we have the fortitude or the endurance or the ability to go all the way, uh, just because we have uh, we could take the hits, it doesn't mean we should put up with it. It doesn't mean we should follow through on those obligations that other people place on us. It doesn't mean we have to do it. We still have a choice too. And it's especially important for INTPs to hear because they often get sucked into that and they just become so stagnant and they're okay with taking the hits. And then the women in their life with their INTP men, for example, lose respect for them and then hypergamously move on to somebody else, right? And that's definitely an issue, you know. So based, uh, um, you know, it, it's it's super important. But like at the end of the day, like as an ENTP, you still have to manage other people's capacity for failure, which means it's your responsibility to not be a pussy and actually criticize people when they fail. You also have to be honest about um, you have to be honest with people about their flaws. And oftentimes, a lot of people don't understand that ENTPs get in relationships with people who have flaws, right? So, for example, I was in I was in another relationship. I was actually in multiple relationships, actually, where women weren't really honest with me. Uh, uh, so, one of them was not honest with me about the fact that she still had a, a sexual relationship with her ex-husband. She wasn't married, even though uh, recently people claim that she was married, but no she wasn't married actually and she was also in a sexual relationship with a uh, you know she wasn't forthcoming about being in a sexual relationship with a university professor uh, at uh, Western Washington University for example and uh, and also that she was also in a sexual lesbian relationship with another woman on the side of town and you know like while also not being honest about her age or you know etc right 
but you know when i look when i look back on that relationship you know honestly like despite her flaws does that mean like i don't love her anymore well you know from an entp point of view like yeah actually yes of course i, I do love her of course i do uh but I, she just can't be in my life anymore. The, the level of manipulation, the level of pain caused, and the suffering that I had to deal with personally. There was even a situation where, like, she had to go, um, she had to go see a family member, um, and uh, uh, she had to go see a um, a family member at one point in time, and she needed my car or whatever. So I dropped her off and whatnot. And uh, it was really cold out and whatnot, but I wasn't allowed to come inside, and I had driven, like, many, many hours to be there, and she hadn't even, like, remotely planned for me to, like, be anywhere, so I, um, and I, we had to walk a little bit, too. Uh, we had to walk a, a fair distance because I couldn't just, like, park the car there and go for a distance because apparently some people at that place like hated my guts for some reason. I had no idea why I didn't do anything to them. I don't even know these people. So what am I supposed to do? Uh, so in that situation, I ended up having to uh, stay out in the cold. Uh, it was really cold uh, for a while, like hours. Uh, so that was horrible, you know, but this is just like one example uh, from my life where like someone else's solipsism combined with their failure of thoughtlessness, like being thoughtless towards me, caused me to have to deal with the negative consequences, right? And they told me they had it all planned out, you know, like, okay, really? I'm sure TE Trickster really planned that out. But uh, they were so inwardly focused that, and I was outwardly focused at that moment because I was being an idealist within the context of me being in a, a relationship with somebody in that moment, an INFJ, uh, to be more accurate, uh, that I found myself in, like, a really bad situation, you know. Um, now, luckily, I had a friend nearby, and I called him, and... Uh, he was able to uh, rescue me in that situation uh and then like i called her and i said you know what you can find your own ride home i ain't doing that bye uh so so i got uh so i got out of that situation and that's uh why are you asking me that question like seriously no uh so yeah and and i did move on that that event, uh, Daisy Chain, with a couple other events, ultimately led to our breakup. Like how literally the next day, I I watched her with my own eyes have sex with a meth addict. That yeah, that was that was bad. So, uh, but you know, like I didn't have really much life experience anyway. You know, with relationships, so it, it was kind of hard to like, okay, wow, that's a thing. Okay, well, not doing that anymore. Moving on. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, but yeah, like ENTPs, you just gotta understand. Like, you gotta put up certain boundaries to certain people. It's it's really hard to understand. That's why you know in past confessions of an ENTP episodes, I've been talking about how you have to have that habit or that system to be like, okay, what's this person get out of it compared to what am I getting out of it, right? And it's so funny to me, especially when it comes to relationships where women are like, you know, oh, you know, I cook for you, I, I clean for you, I have sex with you, so, you know, that means I deserve all these things. And I've, I've heard that, I have heard that so many times through multiple sexual relationships that I've had. 
I, every single NJ that I've had been in a relationship um, has almost has actually had that point of view, with the except of two. And those two, uh, interestingly enough, were INTJs. Both of them were INTJs. Um, actually, actually, no, three. three. I, I have to say that every INTJ that I've been in a relationship with didn't do that to me. But every other NJ did. The NFJs and, and uh, ENTJs, yeah, definitely, definitely did that to me. So, you know, noticing a pattern of behavior here, I'm like, okay, yeah, this, this can't, this can't be allowed anymore. I have to have self-respect. I have to like put my, my boundaries up at this point because just because I can take the hits, just because I have strong enough character to just, I could basically put up with almost anything, doesn't mean I should put up with just anything. That's the point I'm trying to make. Okay, so just, just because like you face adversity as and you're trying to grow as a... Um, as a uh, as an NP, it doesn't mean you should face that adversity. So you have to really understand, like, do you really actually have no choice, or do you have the ability to face an even higher adversity and deal with the negative consequences of you not dealing with that adversity, which happened to me, and I ended up ending multiple sexual relationships over that. Like, for example. Um, you know, I was I was in a relationship with an ENFJ, and it got to the point it got so bad towards the end of our relationship, and uh, it's it's so funny because I often get accused of like being engaged to this ENFJ uh, before I uh, before uh, during while I started talking to other women at the end of the relationship, which is which is actually completely and utterly false. Um, it's false because uh, I had recovered my ring from that ENFJ. I had gotten it back, and 24 hours later, I was already talking to other people. I was already like, I was already like moved on because I'm like, I'm not going to waste my life anymore, you know. And what caused me to break up with this uh, ENFJ is because she had this thing where she'd get so insecure and she'd accuse me of cheating on her and she'd keep me up till like four in the morning every night for like nine nights in a row even to the point of interrupting me during coaching sessions uh for my business and and my coaching practice uh in front of my own customers like it was completely and it was just completely ridiculous and I, I couldn't handle that anymore. I just couldn't deal with the stress anymore. So I just decided to, you know, she just couldn't be in my life anymore. And uh, so then I moved on, right? But that's the thing, like ENTPs really have a hard time seeing the flaws in other people because it's usually the flaws that attract us to other people. Whereas it's different with ENFPs. ENFPs are attracted to the perfections in other people. Whereas ENTPs and INTPs are attracted to the flaws in other people. And that's why INFJs are constantly trying to be perfect all the time so that they can be in relationships with people like ENFPs who are looking for perfect. So and then and then the ENFPs praise their INFJs for uh, their INFJ perfections, which makes the INFJs emotionally fulfilled and feel good inside, right? That's why it happens, right? It's more of like a it's more like a, a relationship of a positive slope, 
uh, versus a negative slope uh, because it's so flaw focused from the point of view of uh, an ENTP or an INTP basically, you know, as a result. So yeah, damn straight I did. I did recover it. It was mine. It was my property. And uh, yeah, nope. And I, and I took it back. I absolutely took it back. Um, then I gave it to somebody else. So the point is, like, I'm, I'm not going to allow these people to just to be in my life. And, and it's so interesting, like, looking back at these, you know, relationship failures in my life, it's like, you know, some of them would have been really, really good if they were just honest with me, you know. Um, one of them was not honest with me about being uh being an, uh, a stripper basically or one of them wasn't honest with like many of them weren't honest with me about their ages or their name i mean i guess that makes sense because the majority of them were in security phase you know so you have their party years and then you have epiphany phase where women realize that their looks will not compete with younger men so then they try their hardest to get with uh, a man and consolidate on him and get married etc and then have a kid with that man and then there's security phase after that where if they're still single they're like really kind of desperate and that happens in like the, you know from 30 to 35 that's a thing for women etc and i noticed that i was uh, a lot all of those relationships was within that that range from 30 to 36 basically uh these women that were lying to me about their names their ages everything and they and and it's so funny because you know they're all njs and they all justify it as in well you know this is just how the culture is or this is just how the sad and i'm like oh, all i hear is solipsistic bullshit that's all i hear you know i don't hear you actually being a real person because here's the thing you know like i've said before an entp's biggest need at the end of the day is trust it's absolutely trust. We need to be trusted by other people because all too often with our expert sensing demon, it mixed in with our pragmatism and TI parent, we are seen as the most untrustworthy of all the types when the reality of the situation is the most untrustworthy of all the types are actually INTJs, but that's another story. Even though technically speaking, uh, ENTPs lie far more, but uh, technically speaking, um, INTJs are statistically more likely to end up being like, you know, a, a con artist, etc. So that's that's a, that's a problem, you know, hashtag Frank Abagnale, catch me if you can, INTJ con artist, check that out. Uh, so so based on that, I mean, INTJs definitely know how to con. They're, they're really good at it. Uh, so and I'm not saying all INTJs do that. I'm saying that they have the potential to do that. Like, seriously, guys, I talk more in potentials than I do in absolutes. Look at Pareto principle, 80% potentials and 20% absolutes, okay, in terms of what I'm saying. So, like, stop twisting what I'm saying, and I have to, like, deal with it in the YouTube comments. And so I have to add additional clarification. So, so yeah. Um, so, yeah. It's not fake news. Um, all right, let's see here. Oh my goodness. So anyway, with that being said, uh, how you end up eventually realizing that, you know, when being an ENTP, you have to manage failure you have to manage other people's decisions because there are some people out there who have no 
concept of the consequences of their actions, especially SPs. SPs, especially ISPs, ISPs think that they know the consequences of their actions. The reality is they don't. They don't actually know a damn thing. And uh, ESPs are completely clueless and they have no idea. They have no idea whatsoever the consequences of their actions. And it's, it's really frustrating. Well, that's not to say that NJs also don't struggle in that area. While they have more consequential awareness they can kind of get by, they're still SE users. They still live in the moment primarily, and that's still or in the far future, and they still are not always aware of every consequence to their actions. And it's it's a thing that um, it's a thing that uh, you know gets really really frustrating as a result. So. With that being said, you want to make sure that you, when you are having people in your life, that you are aware of the consequences of their decisions and how their decisions will affect you. You have to be aware of their capacity to fail or fail you. Now, interestingly enough, SE users are all about performance and their own personal performance. It would be nice if SE users would be really well with their poor performance, but the thing is, is that sometimes there's SE users, especially INJs, who are so afraid of failure. They're so afraid of failure that they will avoid practicing because practicing knows that they will they'll fail during practicing and they're trying to be perfect while they practice, which is arrogant and conceited and entitled of INJs to do if you ask me. And it's really uh, frustrating and I don't like that they do that. It's it's so annoying. Um, so it's uh, it's it's one thing that I just I just don't have I just don't have patience for. But you always have to be aware that SE users constantly are in a battle with failure of some kind because they're trying so hard to perform. Just like SI users are trying so hard to combat adversity because they need to learn how to endure. So the only way an SE user is able to get over failure is if they practice. They have to keep failing until they stop failing, basically. They have to be okay with failure. They have to seek failure. The thing is, is that oftentimes, anytime NI makes a decision based on what they want to do, it creates SE experiences, SE obligations, SE consequences for other SI users in their life. And oftentimes, those NI users create messes that the SI users have to clean up. It's really annoying, especially when you're an NTP. It's insanely annoying, and I hate it. And it's gotten to the point, like in my own life, when I have SE users doing this to me, and they and they and they all do it, I have to come to a point in my life where I'm like asking myself, okay, do I how how much of this can I put up with? And then the next question is, are do they are they is this a pattern of behavior for them? Are they going to change for the better? I have to see evidence of growth. I have to see evidence of positive change because this has happened three times at least, and three times that's a pattern of behavior. Not two times, but three times. And then at that point, it's like okay, I need to assert and enforce a boundary at this point because I'm not going to be around for me to be cleaning up somebody else's mess all the time. All the time, you know, I've had to I've had to do plenty. Uh, of cleanup for 
SE users. You know, and I and I can be pretty comfortable with you know not very much. In fact, a great example of an ENTP getting comfortable with not very much would be in the Steve Jobs movie with Michael Fassbender. And you're actually inside of Steve Jobs' home, and you see his entire his furniture and everything. There is no furniture. It's literally just a floor, and he's sitting on the floor with no furniture, and he's got his papers lined up on the floor. And it's like his whiteboard or whatever, but that's all it is. Like an ENTP, if you're able to hone your introverted sensing aspirational, you can actually find yourself comfortable in almost any setting. That is basically how you know you've arrived basically with SI aspirational. Because if you as an ENTP or an ENFP for that matter, if you can get comfortable in any situation, then you're fine. You know, then, then you've basically won. You, you have aspired. That's why, you know, when I train uh, young ENTPs who are like still with their parents and they're being crapped on by their parents, they don't know what to do. I tell them like, well, why don't you just go homeless? Homelessness is actually very achievable and it's very easy and you could be out on your own and not have to deal with bullshit all the time and uh, be able to move through your life very easily. Here's how. You know, and I tell them, okay, get an SUV, get a cargo container on top of your SUV. Uh, you can sleep in your SUV and then have all the seats down. So then you have half of it uh, for your bed, the other half for cargo stuff, and you have cargo in the top and you can live out of your SUV. Get a deep cycle RV battery, 24 volt with an inverter, and you can run. Uh, and then while you work, you're charging it at your place of work while you got your phone, and if you got an LTE phone, so like a 4G or a 5G phone, you have your internet connection, you're good to go. It'll run your laptop, it'll charge your phone, and you literally have everything you need. And then get a, get a membership at Planet Fitness, for example, right? And uh, you could sleep in their parking lot 24 hours a day, provided you're a black card member, and you're fine. And then that's your bathroom. And then get a laundromat, and then do your laundry. It's, it's not that hard. Get a Costco membership for very affordable gasoline, as well as dry goods for food. And then hopefully you're working at a restaurant so you can get food from there as well. So that's an important thing. So uh, based on that, you know, like there's, there's tons of options, but training SI inferior to be comfortable in just about any situation is good to go. And hey, if you need additional storage for your, uh, you know, for while you're living it out of your SUV when you're homeless or whatever, get a mini storage unit. They're like $50 a month for like a lot of space. Okay. It's not that hard, people. Stop freaking out, you know? So it's, it's literally, that's literally how you can be comfortably homeless. You have no excuse, okay? Like, you know, and I also recommend that you're you're armed. I recommend that you have a survival knife with you. And I also recommend that uh, you either have a home defense shotgun configuration, 12 gauge with you, as well as a nine millimeter as well in that particular moment. And then store your food and your electronics and all of the things that you don't want stolen inside the vehicle. Get the windows tinted as well, uh, maximum tint as, as the law will allow. And then store all of your clothing and everything in the top cargo uh, carrier compartment on the top of your vehicle. And then also make sure you have some, uh, um, some chains. I recommend Alpine Sport chains for SUV. Uh, in that moment, uh, 
so so that you could put on chains so that you can uh, be able to get through the snow just just fine and make sure your SUV is all-wheel drive as well and basically even if you're working a minimum wage job you're gonna be making so much money because you don't have to pay rent and all that other crap that you'll be able to before long you will easily be able to afford a down payment on a home in a rural area and then you just move to a rural area get a down payment on a house and you have a house and then you could still be working fast food and you know or, or you could work at Target for $15 an hour and they'll give you like 39 hours basically because they don't want you to get 40 hours because like they don't want you to get health insurance with them or whatever they'll give you 39 hours and that $15 an hour think about that and you're living out of your car you're making like a lot of money you know what I'm saying this is just one example as to how SI inferior can make it so if you're like an 18 19 year old SI inferior figure this out if you're like uh, if you're like a 14 year old SI inferior figure this out plan on getting an SUV as soon as possible work hard for it so that you can free yourself of your family so that you can live your pragmatism out you see what I'm saying like anyone can do this but again this is just an example of how you can manage other people's failures by always giving yourself the option to opt out ENTPs need to always be able to opt out at all times ENTPs always have an escape plan ENTPs always know their options they always know their choices and they always know when to take on those other options or walk out one door and into another they always have a backup plan they always have a contingency they always have you know a, a way out so ENTPs like in your life because you have to put up with the failures of other people let me tell you how I had to deal with the failures of my own family you know my family gave a whole bunch of money to a church right and instead of investing in their children's education and I'm not judging them for that because I don't really believe in formal education not anymore I did in those days and I judged my parents harshly for it but I don't believe in formal education so much anymore I care about being autodidactical actually but with my parents, I'm just kind of like, you know, yeah, they gave a bunch of money to the church and the church folded and they lost it and they were out $330,000, which basically destroyed their lives for decades and mine as well. So based on that, like it's, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of a thing. And, and, and yes, you can get water very easily from, you get reverse osmosis water from Whole Foods, from Kroger, from Safeway, from Fred Meyer, very easily, 40 cents a gallon, okay? It's not that hard. It's really not that hard, and it goes a really, really long way. So that, that's, not even, that's not even a thing. Um, so... Um, so but but here's the thing and and no we should not be living in high cost cities that's just that's just really ridiculous um but uh and yes university is a scam it's it's a completely it, it is a complete total scam well i mean brownie 003 there's an old bible verse that says do not put up surety for another and that's basically what happened so yeah anyway based on that you have to understand that, yeah, you have to have the ability to opt out, opt out of your family, opt out of your community, opt out of your church, opt out of society. ENTPs need to have the freedom to opt out at all times, literally at all times. And how important that is. It is insanely important. Uh, and, you know, had I known these things, and these are things I wish I had known when I was like 17, 18, 19, because I would have immediately, like while I was going to high school, 
I would have, I had my driver's license. I would have made arrangements to own my own vehicle, like in my name, not in my parents' name, basically my property. And I would have just moved out. And I literally would have lived out of my SUV in those days, just fine. My Ford Explorer or whatever, I would have just lived in it and be free and, and, and lived free. You know, and then even with my minimum wage job, I'd be bringing in enough money, bringing in enough money. Like, guys, it, it is not that hard to sleep in a car. You just get like a sleeping pad and you get a nice mummy sleeping bag with a pillow. OK, people do it all the time for camping. It's not that hard. Why are we so scared to like not always have a roof over our heads? Like, why? You know what I'm saying? So anyway, it's it's a thing. Um it's a really, really important thing. So understand that having that plan B is one way that you can manage the failure, uh, the failure of other people, because other people will fail SI. Now, oftentimes, now I know people are going to accuse me of like, well, you're just being depraved if you expect other people to not fail around you, Mr. SI inferior. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. But the same thing, SI inferior is the highest pain tolerance and it has potentially the highest ability of endurance when it goes aspirational. So I could take the hits. But just because you fail, why do you expect me? Why am I obligated to have to deal with your failures? Why am I obligated to clean up your mess? See, I'm not, and I'm not going to. So I'm gonna opt out of that and I'm just gonna go away. I'm just going to escape. I'm not gonna have anything to do, right? So the SE users, end up producing a lot of failure and oftentimes the SI users around them have to suffer for it and and the NTP needs to have that plan B that escape plan to get away from those SE users because it's they're just constantly shitting on their inferior function their SI inferior so the ENTP has to be able to leave that's a thing right you know which is important. Do you know why it's important? Because if an ENTP actually leaves those SE users, all of a sudden they will realize that they have to perform better. You see? Because good luck getting an SP to be proactive in improving their performance. See, SPs have this problem where they have to like break everything to the point where it's so broken that it's not fixable anymore. And then so they break relationships in their life. And at that point, people abandon them. And they're like, oh, maybe I should change because these people are abandoning me. Oh, no. Oh, these people aren't sticking around. I should probably change. See, that's the difference between SPs and NJs. NJs know of their own potential to break, like a relationship, for example. So that's why NJs are very <coughs> proactive. And they're very proactive with their personal performance. And it's because of that proactivity that they end up having better relationships with SI inferiors like myself, right? So if an SP is unaware of these things, they're going to let the relationship completely break and go to all hell to the point where it's unfixable before they actually react. Because they're only going to be able to react to the person abandoning them. And then at that point, they'll start the process of change. Whereas an NJ will start the process of change before the person abandons them, basically, because their NI is able to see further into their own future. Whereas with an SP, it's not, right? 
this is uh, something that's completely different. So you have to understand that ENTPs need to know that SE users are going to fail and they are going to fail them. And the ENTP has to realize, okay, how much failure am I willing to put up with? And how much failure is tolerable and how much is not tolerable? When do I assert my boundaries? When do I draw the line in the sand? When do I, you know, uh, when do I, you know, get in the way of that, right? You know, that's 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 a very important uh, point of view, basically. Um, no, it. I don't think it does, Marky Mark. No. I've heard many an SE inferior woman scream for an epidural, but I've seen SI inferior women not. So might want to think about that. So, uh, so at least NJs have the proactivity to get ahead of it. Now, that's why SPs are built to be in relationships with SJs because SJ endurance is so much harder. So there's a lower chance or there's a chance that those SJs would be far more forgiving to those SPs and, and come back quicker to the SP after they've left the SP in that moment, you know, and this is with friendships, this is with relationships, this is in parents, this is any possible human interaction that's out there, right? But ENTPs, you gotta manage failure. You have to realize that you have adversity that you have to face for your own life and your own self. Like if you're overweight, if you're fat, that's on you, right? But then you have to realize that there might be family members who are contributing to you being fat, as was in my case, my ESFJ, grandmother would force feed me food because she grew up during the Great Depression, right? That's a natural thing that she had and she still would try to force feed me food all the time. And it also contributed to depravity as well as obesity on my part. So I had to deal with that internal baggage while simultaneously dealing with her external baggage, right? Which ultimately was me having to get away from her. But that was her just bad habits. She wasn't even being an SE user. But then you have SE user failures, you know, throughout my life through other sources, potentially my father, which I've forgiven him for. And, you know, I love my dad and that's just, that's just the reality. I mean, he did the best he could. I did the best he could. We've decided to move on from it and it's all good, you know, but failure happens. You as an ENTP must be willing to opt out. You have to be willing to walk out and you have to always make sure that you have everything that you need to be able to walk out on a moment's notice and be the abandoner and take the uh, position of, I'm going to abandon you because I can't put up with your crap anymore. You always have to have that point of view. And, it, and it's so interesting to me because I've had so many entitled people, especially INJs, entitled INJs expecting me to bend over backwards for them, expecting me to send them money, expecting me to go pick them up, expecting me to drop everything for them. Be for what? Because you're a woman? Because you're, you're pretty? Because, you know, because, because, because why? Like, seriously, why? Why do I have to do this? You know? And eventually, you know, you just realize that that solipsism just kind of gets to you after a while and you just have to let go of it. You just have to move on. You can't allow people to dictate to you how you live your life as an ENTP. You just can't. Even if you're an ENTP woman, that's a huge struggle. You have to be able to opt out at any moment. You have to be able to assert your freedom in that moment because people will fail you. 
And sometimes you have to allow people to fail, but sometimes with SE users, and I know that ENTPs care, they all care about all the SE users in their life. Like for example, I care a great deal about anyone that I've ever had a sexual relationship with. Um, and uh, you know, like there's been times where like throughout my, throughout the years, you know, they'd call me and I'd answer the phone. I'd make sure they're okay. Did they need anything, et cetera? Because, you know, I can't just let go of those people. And ISFJs often agree with me on this standpoint too, you know, about how much, you know, I just can't let go when it comes to past sexual relationships that I've had. Sure, they can't be in my life, but that doesn't mean I don't care about them. Come on, I have Effie Child and SI Inferior. What am I supposed to do? You see what I'm saying? But the bottom line is, is that, uh, well, yeah, sure, NFJs are control freaks, but so also are NTJs. All NJs are control freaks. All NPs are control freaks. All 16 types are control freaks. Everyone has some aspect of control they're trying to leverage. It's like when you're watching an SE and like an IN, two INJs, an INFJ and an INTJ working at Starbucks, and they're both competing for the intention of the group, and then they go out of their way to eliminate competition from each other, and especially if they're competing for the attention of a guy who's working there because they both want to be in a relationship with him because he's super alpha or whatever, and they will literally trash on each other trying to, quote, eliminate the competition so that they can have you know his attention it's sick and it's annoying and I hate it when they do that and it happens to me all the time like I go out in public and I, I show up in line at Starbucks to get a green tea or whatever and the people behind the counter are competing to get my attention and I don't even know these people and they don't even know me and it's like why are you doing this I don't care like I'm also married but me being married just doesn't I mean women just don't care they just they just want my attention you know what I'm saying and it's like come on like you SE inferiors I just like I am not obligated to give you attention I'm not obligated to give anyone my attention and that's the thing like if you really want to manage the failure of other SE users in your life ENTPs you have to know when to give your attention you have to know when to take it away which is basically defined by coquetry I recommend you read the art of seduction and learn the uh, the situation of the coquette because then you know when you realize that it's like oh you know I can uh, you have the power to decide if you're gonna give your attention to somebody or not like I had this one INTJ in my life who she literally she literally told me one day like oh I'm just gonna send you photos because you know men are visual and I'm like wow so apparently like I'm nothing more than an animal and you treat men like animals then really like that's how I judged her you know as a response to that and like I didn't give her attention for like the rest of the day and then she got super upset that I didn't give her any attention and I'm like what do you want me to do? worship you I'm not gonna worship you like it's not gonna happen I'm not gonna give you attention you know, and it's in that moment, it's just like, wow, I'm like, you know, I'm really glad, you know, that it's like, yeah, I, I, I didn't give them any more attention. And, you know, it's like, okay, you're trying to have power over me, trying to use your little siren feminine wiles, like, okay, so what? At the end of the day, I get to decide who gets my attention or not. You know, just as much as an NI user is like, well, I get to have freedom of choice. I get to decide what I want whenever I want. I'm like, yeah, sure. But that doesn't mean I'm going to give you attention. You know, so that's where you as an NTP can be like, yo, yeah, okay, that's nice that you want that. Doesn't mean I'm doing it with you. Doesn't mean you get my attention. Doesn't mean you get anything, right? So it's, uh, 
yeah, it's pretty it's it's pretty interesting, you know, how that uh, how that goes. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I guess I guess that's really what those women wanted. They just wanted my green tea. That, that, I guess that's it. I mean, uh, mint majesty is definitely, uh, you know, an important thing. Well, that's nice, Colby, but I mean, I'll I'll admit I used to be a simp. That's probably why my first marriage actually fell apart, you know. Like, I used to be scared to, like, tell my ex-wife about how I didn't appreciate that she just let her body go and all of that. Because if you think about it, like, what do men really actually get in a relationship? You know, we have dishwashers, we have sinks, we have ovens, we have microwaves, we have washer and dryers. We have all these appliances and all this technology that has vastly reduced the role of women in society. It just it just has to the point where men can do all of the feminine things in the home on their own if they want to, which means they no longer require having hands, helping hands in the house from women and children. It's not necessary. A man can handle it all just themselves and be completely content with literally one set of dishes and just handle it all on their own and eat the same thing every day. And it just doesn't matter. It's a privilege, right? So, and it's so funny when women come up to me and they're like, well, you know, uh, I, I, I cook and clean and I, and I have sex with you. I do all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, well, oh, well, I mean, because like, and I'm not saying that, uh, I'm down for pornography or looking at pornography, but like, I'm sorry, but any man can have kitchen appliances and look and go to, go to Pornhub. Okay. Like it's, it, it's really not that important. But there's a lot of men out there who think it is important. And those are the when you end up having those women who are demanding of your attention and then you end up giving their, your attention to them. What does that do to you? Well, it causes their failure to become your failure and it creates additional adversity for you and you're obligated to the wrong person. You're obligated to the wrong thing. You're obligated to a toxic person within the context of your relationships. No, I'm against MGTOW, actually. I'm completely against uh, MGTOW, so I don't know why you're saying that. Like, come on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's... Yeah, alimony is lame and completely unnecessary. So, yeah. And by the way, like, if you're a man and you're going to get married, make sure you own an LLC before you get married because then you don't have to worry about any of that drama of getting a divorce at all so um so yeah so yeah so um yeah and it's just you know dealing with that dealing with the the potential failure of lack of se performance you as an si user you as an si inferior especially because you have si inferior you have every right to tell the people in your life like you have every right to tell your husband like you know yeah, you're really bad in bed. You should probably fix your performance. You have every right to tell your wife how ugly she is and how you don't appreciate that she's let her body go. You have every right to tell your parents that you disagree with their traditions and you're going to live your life and you're going to go live in your car if they're just going to kick you out over it. You have every right to live free. You do. So go do it. You have no excuse. And the reality of the situation is I would rather live in an SUV than be 
you know, under my own roof and be absolutely miserable to the point where I have to fight a battle externally on a daily basis, you know, at work and whatnot, and fight a battle internally under my own roof. It's not going to happen. That's why it's written better to be on the corner of one's own home than to be uh, in the home with a quarrelsome and disrespectful woman. But it's not just about women. It could also be potentially your children. It could be your parents or grandparents. Like, like parents as important as parenting is and i really really stress parenting especially in season 23 parents in an affiliative society like the united states of america are the greatest obstacle to child development especially since parents end up outsourcing the education of their children to the state or the community instead of actually doing it themselves which is something i talk about a lot in season 23 if you want to watch season 23 you can right now uh we have uh, like five episodes out for it of the 17 episodes that are in it csjoseph.life forward slash members just grab a journeyman membership and you can log in at csjoseph.life forward slash portal and you can check it out and watch it but this is heavily explained so uh yeah there are plenty of men that can treat women like shit, of course but like again women have to make the decision like if they're an si inferior entp woman you have to make the decision for example there is an entp woman who was in a relationship with my infj mentor and she didn't want to be in a relationship anymore with him and so she decided to opt out and she did and uh now depending on who you talk to you know there's different justifications for why she broke up with him, et cetera, and where he's at now in his life. But from his point of view, that was the best relationship he's ever had in his whole life. And he, he can't let go of her. He can't let go of her. But that's typical of INJs. INJs can't let go of people. You know, in as much as like, you know, when an SI inferior has a sexual relationship with someone, they will always love them. Oh, at least if they're a man, because men are idealistic about it. Not so much women. ENP women, not so much. ENP women can let go, but the ENP men can't. But they're not supposed to. And, then, and the other thing is, it's like, why would they even want to? It's just more like, okay, you just, I have my boundaries up. You can't be in my life because you don't trust me. I don't trust you. That's another way. That's another way that uh, you know failure could be represented amongst uh, for ENTPs amongst INJs. Like for example, anytime I ever dated an INJ, anytime I ever did it, one of the tests that I would do to the INJ women that I was dating with is I would always ask them for uh, a photo of themselves or a video of themselves um, showing me what they look like when they're freshly getting out of bed Fro showing me what they would look like uh, with no makeup on you know just being their own natural uh, natural selves and how and how important that was to me because it literally shows all of their flaws and it's super mega important for NTPs to have that because it shows NTPs that these SE inferiors actually trust these trust their SI inferior men. They trust their they trust them to not be abandoning when they're exposing all of their flaws at once to um, to their ENTP you know lover etc. And I think it's such insane hubris when these uh, 
INJs are constantly looking at, uh, you know, constantly going out of the way to perform well. You know, like I, I, I was dating this one, uh, this one INTJ, and like for our first date, she literally got lip injections. And I'll be honest, like I was really offended. I was really offended that she did that because I don't want that. I don't want fake. I want real. That's the difference. That's what that's what NTPs are going for. And that's an example of how an extroverted sensor would fail in that area. And you know, ENTPs, you gotta manage their failures. You just have to have, you, you have to be willing to like state at that moment, like, yeah, that's not cool, don't do that again. You have to be willing to criticize them. The thing is, is that, you know, our SFJ sides for minor subconscious is like, oh, trying to go for harmony, you know, maybe this won't happen again. And then like, they wait like, uh, they wait like, you know, three or four times, and then they finally, their SI is fed up, their SI child, their SI inferior is fed up, and they finally say something. It's like, wow, would you like seriously stop doing that? Like, I don't want you to do that anymore. Like, it's really annoying. Stop getting lip injections, seriously. Fake lashes are cool, lip injections are not. You see what I'm saying? Like, it's, but of course, you know, every NTP has their own preference, of course, but it's not as if, you know, my preference mattered because my preference, uh, you know, they didn't care about my preference because it's all about, you know, looking good instead of actually being good because actually being good would mean being willing to expose flaws and being willing to feel safe in that moment. And as oftentimes as certain individuals in my life who are INJs would claim that they'd never be willing to do that, I've actually been in relationships with INJs who absolutely were willing to do that. Even INJ men in my life who are like super close, super friends uh, with me, uh, exposing all their flaws with me right at the beginning of our friendship so that I know that me investing in them would be pretty awesome, would be pretty appropriate to do so in that time. Or even INJ women that I've been in relationships with. In fact, the very first INJ, uh, the very first INJ woman who was an INTJ, she was upfront about all of her flaws, like immediately on the first day, on the get-go, like there was no question. Actually, even before we met in person, she was just straight up honest with me about everything, what she, where she worked, what she did for a living, her living situation, uh, everything that she was dealing with in her life. Uh, you know, it, and it's really, really nice to just have someone be honest with you. But the problem is, is that oftentimes, you know, these INJs, because they're so afraid of overwhelming or alienating or pushing their ENTP away that they don't say anything. And then the ENTP is like, wow, you liar, I'm out. You know what I'm saying? And it's, it's really, really frustrating. It's, it's, it definitely is that, uh, it's definitely even that uh, ENTP thing, you know. Um, it's not so much SE depravity as much as is SE uh, fear, you know. Um, yeah, like that's just the thing, you know. We hair is a big deal. I mean, like the number one thing that attracts me to a woman is hair, and my wife's hair is fantastic. Like it's it's really fantastic. She has some of the greatest hair I've ever seen in my life. It's even down past her butt. It's so cool. And it's really long, it's very heavy, it's very silky, extremely, extremely soft. Very, very soft. It's it's the hot it's the softest hair I've ever touched. And it's and it has this natural smell, this natural pheromone to it that I think is fantastic. And 
she doesn't put much hair products in her hair, and I think that's one of the reasons why her hair is so healthy is because, you know, I think from like an ESTP point of view, less is more. You know what I'm saying? You know? And, and you know, she's rocking the lashes, and that's cool. She's got it figured out. But, like, she, she cares so much about her skin, you know, skincare. Like, her skin is extremely, extremely soft as well, which is also important. But for me, number one thing that attracts me to a woman is hair. Hair is the hair is the thing. Hair. Hair is important, you know. So, and, and she definitely hit that one out of the park, you know. Oh, yeah, pixie cuts are gross, and for some reason, INJ women do that, and it's just, like, ignoring. Um, I'm not saying I I ignore how much they perform. I I, I have no problem with how much uh, INJs perform, and I love their performance. What I am saying is that they could be performing the wrong thing. Looking good instead of actually being good is wrong. It's like fake versus real, right? So, like, it's really humbling when, you know, us NTPs, because NTP men are the most easily catfished of the types. That's just reality. And it's really lame when we've been, you know, sold a false bill of goods, where, you, where that moment where you, where you start suspecting that your girlfriend is, is not actually what age she claims to be, is not actually... Uh, you know, you have no idea who, what her real name actually is. You have no idea what she actually does for a living. And she's literally just sold you this entire fake straw man. And it's like, who are you? I, I can't be, I can't fall in love with a question mark. I can't be in a relationship with a question mark. I can't be loyal to somebody who doesn't actually really exist. You know. And that's why I said, you know, me being in that relationship with that, uh, with that INTJ, um, and this also happened with an INFJ, when both of those women refused to give me a photo of themselves with, like, no makeup on or anything like that, I'm like, wow, that's a major strike. That's, that's almost a complete and total deal breaker, right? I didn't have to deal with that with Railgun because she doesn't put makeup on very often. It's very rare. And when she does it, she hits it out of the park. She does a great job when she does it. But she just doesn't need it. She doesn't need it. Now, she's rocking the lashes, and that's cool. I like me some lashes. But, like, you know, but a woman could definitely get away with, like, no makeup and lashes and have really good hair. You know what I'm saying? Like, that. that's a thing. And, and it's fine. It's perfectly, perfectly fine. You know, hair and figure. That's all it is. You got to have a figure. Got to have a figure. You know, hip-to-waist ratio, that matters. If you don't have hip-to-waist ratio, well, you know, and you don't have the hair, well, I mean, sorry, that's just reality. Get out. You know, it's not it's not going to happen. You know, not not for not for an ENTP man. You know, SI Inferior has an insanely high standard because SI Inferior is forced to experience the ugliness within themselves and the ugliness of everybody else around them. Whereas SE, at least SE users can have low enough SI that they can ignore other people being ugly. You see what I'm saying? But it's especially noxious to an SI inferior when dealing with ugly people. And it's even far more toxic when that SI inferior themselves are part of the problem. It's it really it really screws with them. So and that, you know, that's that's definitely that's definitely a thing. Um, yeah, and this is why I don't recommend online long distance relationships. I think that they're they literally do nothing more than serve female solipsism and uh, it helps them keep their options open and literally does nothing but support the beta buck side of hypergamy, which I don't recommend 
at all. So awesome. Oh, you put that there on the front, huh? Okay, yeah, that's pretty cute. Um, so you know, and no, it's 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 not shallow. It's not shallow at all. As much as you people may claim it's shallow, it's all about having personal standards. It's personal standards, and SI inferior is far more sensitive. They're far more sensitive to their own failure, especially because their SE demon will literally consume them from the inside out. But there it's also uh, gets down to a point where it's like, okay, I have to deal with I have to deal with the fact that everyone else is ugly and unhealthy and not working on themselves and they're so ignorant and they're so okay and they're so comfortable with it. And it's just like, well, why? I was fat shamed my whole life. You know what I'm saying? I used to weigh 300 pounds when I was 15 years old. I literally, like when I was a freshman in high school, I weighed 287 pounds on my very first day of high school. Very first day. There's actually, there's a photo of me on the front of the annual, on the very front page of the annual after you open it up. And I'm like freaking huge. It's like one of the worst photos of me, right? Like, it's a... Uh, it's a thing, you know. So, yeah, I don't care what society's perspective is, Ma four five six Chaws. I I don't I don't care what society's perspective is because society is ignorant. Society does not understand nuance. It doesn't understand the nitty gritties. It doesn't. It it only cares about the forest while it completely ignores the trees. Okay, and you know, there's nothing wrong with me or anyone else having personal standards. And that's what this Confessions of an ENTP episode is about, is to say that it's okay for you to have personal standards. It's okay for you to opt out of your family, opt out of your relationships, opt out of your business, of your job, opt out of anything in this life if you are uncomfortable with it. If you're not comfortable with it, you don't have to do it. Okay? You don't really have to. You are not obligated. And I'm here to tell these ENTPs right now, Y'all aren't obligated. You don't have to. You don't have to do it. So don't. You know? Like seriously, don't. You don't have to do anything you don't want to do. Besides, these SE users who are failing you consistently, they're all about what they don't want and don't want to do. See, it's amazing when an NI user actually decides to want you, right? To want to be alpha to want to produce, to want to not be lazy, to to want to perform, right? See, that's nice. Or, or, or a woman to actually want to choose to go to the gym for you, or to actually want to make sure that she is at supermodel capable body at all times, you know, because she's doing it for you, because she wants you, right? See, that's what any hero needs. That's what any hero wants, so why not have it? Oh, but oh, you're just being shallow. Like, no, I have high standards. You're either going to meet my standard or you're not going to meet my standard. That's literally the bottom line. And that's okay. We're ENTPs. It's okay to have that point of view. We always have the choice to opt out, especially since these SE users who are, you know, so concerned with failure that in trying to avoid failure, they end up failing us instead of actually exposing their failures to us that so that we could actually assist them with their failure so that they fail less and stop failing so that they could actually perform better because it opens a nice line of communication with us ENTPs so that we could feel safe enough to say what we're comfortable and not comfortable about. That would be nice, right? 
But at the end of the day, we still have the opportunity to opt out. You know? It's still... And, and you're right. It's not a crime to have preferences. You know? So... Yeah, well, I mean, Ma 456CHOZ, like you have hypergamy you have women trying to go for like high earners which are the beta side or you go for the or the women who go for the alphas with the six packs right there's preferences but apparently men are shallow right no by that by that point of view everybody is shallow so why complain if everybody is shallow for example there's a there's an ENTP in the community um, they called me this morning uh, because um, they're having they're having an, an issue of some kind and i was trying to help them out with like their their workout routine their food situation and whatnot because you know she wants to become as desirable as possible and she's in epiphany phase right now and uh and it's important to her that she gets into a relationship uh and and definitely like a a long-term relationship a relationship that she can have children with etc and i told her about the kinds of men the target and their age groups and where to find them you know I, i've just been helping her out and you know i was trying to tell her like listen you don't have much time you know and and she used to weigh like a lot and she doesn't anymore and she's getting better and better and better every single day increasing her desirability every every single day and i told her literally this morning i'm like look People need to stop complaining about everyone else being shallow because all human beings are shallow. No one's willing to admit it. And because I'm the only one who's willing to admit it, even though it's not technically being shallow because it cancels out because literally everybody is shallow in some capacity, some capacity, that it's a complete non-issue. How about we should just stop complaining about being shallow? And how about we as human beings actually start taking full responsibility for our actions? How about that? Full taking and taking responsibility such that we end up having continuous improvement in our lives. Okay, I was struggling with a disease, but ever since I started, you know, going to the gym four times, five times a week now, I'm going five times a week and uh, and working really hard and whatnot. My lymph nodes are draining and my disease is almost completely removed from my life now. You see what I'm saying? Like, it's fantastic. You can actually be healthy. You just have to work for it. But for some reason, we're, as human beings, are so adverse to work because we've created all these mental safe spaces to give us excuses as to why we don't have to perform. And then we just point the finger at each other instead of pointing the finger at our own selves. Thank God. Thank God for SI Inferior because SI Inferior, is with TI Parent, can easily point the finger at their own selves. Easily. And then it becomes a gun to our head where we are motivated for personal change and growth, even though SI inferior by itself is afraid of change the most, such that then we end up seeking change more than anybody else, and that's SI aspirational. Like, seriously, wake up, people. It's so annoying. Like, yeah, it is insanely subjective. Thank you for saying that, uh, Ma456CHOZ. Thank you. That very well said. So, like, anyway, like, try to just understand, you know, have have your personal standards. It's okay. Enforce your boundaries. It's okay. But, like, you know, understand that SE users in your life, they will disappoint you. They will fail you. You have to get to a point where you're aware of what you can tolerate versus what you can't. And you're also got to get to the point where you know when you're going to opt out if you have to.
where you might have to walk out on your whole family, actually, for the sake of your own sanity. You may have to do that. It's a thing, you know, but you still have to take responsibility. And that, too, could be a responsibility. Now, granted, if any man does not take care of his family, he's denied the faith and worse than an unbeliever which is basically just uh, the ESTP James, the brother of Jesus, saying to people, let me translate, you know, just because you're walking out in your family doesn't mean you don't have the responsibility to take care of them. That's right. But, you know, in today's day and age, we can send money. You see what I'm saying? Like, that's the thing, right? So understand that we still have responsibilities. And I'm not trying to advocate for fatherlessness. I'm against fatherlessness. But this whole idea that the nuclear family becomes a prison for men and women, you know, of like like my, my wife, for example, she'd all the time tell me about how marriage often represented to her like or or even people like having children or babies because uh, represented like a prison to her, which I mean, that would make sense because of NI inferior. But when she'd tell me stories about how one of her really close friends has a boyfriend who's trying to have a baby with her just to lock her down. And it's funny because her friend is an SI user, and that's an SE user man who's trying to lock her down because he's afraid of her abandoning him. You see what I'm saying? See, it goes both ways. It doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman. Everyone still has the potential of being locked down in that particular situation. You know, just as much as women trying to consolidate on male provisioning by having a baby with them that he didn't want to have, right? Which happened in 2002. Just look at the NBA case, right? So it's kind of a it's kind of a thing. So you know, like I'm not saying that that's the right decision to make, Rose. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is that you have to be willing to burn down your entire life. Sometimes for the sake of your own sanity, you just have to. An ENTP will not be able to manage the failures of other people and the consequences that they produce for them unless the ENTP is willing to activate their SC demon and literally burn their entire life to the ground and completely start over. That's sometimes the only way. Otherwise, you end up having male pattern suicide as a result, right? Sometimes these things are necessary. And sometimes you have to take responsibility to yourself before you take responsibility to others. Because if you're not willing to take responsibility for yourself, then at that point, what business do you have taking responsibility for others? This is why the verse, love your neighbor as yourself, exists. How can you love your neighbor if you're not already loving yourself first? It says as you love yourself, as yourself, which means you have to have your self-love. You have to have yourself handled before you love your neighbor. This is something NFJs need to figure out. They're always so giving, but they can't take care of themselves. It's so frustrating, you know. So it's it's really, it's really, uh, you know, marriage is not two people building a life. No, there could be multiple people involved in that marriage. Like, you guys realize that that's practiced in the Middle East and North Africa, like, we have to like represent the world here. So you can't just say that monogamy is the only way to go. 
especially since biologically men or women put their children above their men in monogamous relationships. And that's the number one reason why monogamous relationships end is because women are putting their children above their husbands or their fathers, the, the fathers of their children. So that's not accurate either. So let's, let's make sure all sides of the relationship equation are fairly represented here, please. Um, so will this also work for SC Inferior? I always thought the narrative of giving everything up to pursue your goals was a low SC thing. No, it's not. It's a natural thing. It's outside of nature. It's a natural thing. Uh, so it's, it's not necessarily nature. Nature is just how that nurture manifests and vice versa. It's like a yin and yang equilibrium. Okay. Email to Anthrax says, if you go down a bad path in a video game or build your character incorrectly, you should be willing to restart it. It always worked better the second time around. And that's true. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. You know, exactly. Um, yeah, people call me selfish all the time. It's so funny. Uh, like an INTJX I had, she'd tell me I was selfish all the time. And I'm like, do you do you really hear yourself? Do you, do you really, do you not hear yourself? Or, or I had, um, in fact, actually my former best friend, ENTJ fellow, really cool guy. I... I like him, uh, fantastic fellow, except for the fact that our relationship was mostly one-sided. He'd always call me when he'd want to, I'd call him, but he sometimes wouldn't answer, and he'd get way more out of our friendship than I would, and he'd always be like, oh, well, I gave you I gave you money, so we're good, right? And I'm like, no, and I don't want your money. I want you to like actually be my friend and refer to me as your best friend and, and whatnot instead of like expecting me to do things for you all the time, and I end up getting all the responsibility and you get all the benefit. Like, no, that's not a friendship. That's just you being ridiculous, and that's not that's not something I want to be a part of. So I decided to. Um, that's that. That's why I decided to opt out of that friendship. I opted out. Okay, and as an ENTP, I always reserve the right to opt out at any time. And this is something that INTPs really, really understand. The thing is, is that the INTP always knows when they're not being appreciated that they can opt out and INTPs often opt out and pull out the chair out from under other people. I actually had this happen to me. Um, I had an INTP who was working for me and uh, this person did, opted out and pulled out the chair from under me and I fell on my ass and it really hurt. But it taught me a good lesson and I became way better for it and I started doing a lot of things technical in my company myself and not relying on anyone else to do it and now things are mostly where I like them to be and I gained a lot of skills as a result I'm very good at web development now for example you know what I'm saying but uh, INTPs definitely understand pulling out the chair out from other people and opting out it uh, and oftentimes they, they don't have as much of uh, the ability to put up with the negative experiences because they don't have as high of pain tolerance as I do. So I have to actually learn the habit of reminding myself that I can opt out and should opt out in those situations. But all I'm saying is, if you want to deal with the failure of SC users in your life, you need to be willing to burn your life to the ground and opt out. And remember, by opting out, you are teaching those SC users that they better respect you, they better love you appropriately, and they better not fail you again, or you'll opt out again, if you actually decide to go back to those SE users. And some of those SE users, especially INJs, they can't let go of you, 
even after you've opted out. As much as they try to erase you from their life, they can't let go. And years and years later, they'll still look at you and be like, wow, that's the one that got away, right? I guess that would make sense since ENPs have a hard time letting go anyway. But the thing is, the ENPs have the strength to say, you can't be in my life. You had your chance. You had your opportunity. You could have been honest from the get-go. You could have shown me your flaws on your own in a timely manner of your own volition. Or you could have shown me your flaws when I asked for it. But you decided to be insecure and not do it. You decided to be dishonest, so you can't be in my life. Yes, I care a great deal about you. Like I cared a great deal about all of my friends in my life and all the sexual relationships I've ever had. But that doesn't mean you get to be in my life. It doesn't mean that. So I'm opting out because I'm not going to allow someone like you to treat me that way because I have personal standards and I have personal boundaries. And I don't care how you feel about that. I don't care what you believe. I don't care how you label me. I don't care how you categorize me. I don't care about how much you complain about my baggage or my past or whatever. None of that means anything to me because what's relevant is the here and now. And you had your chance. And I could say this to many friends. I could say this to many women in my life. But guess what? I opted out. I even opted out of my own family. I There was a period in my life where I didn't even talk to my family for years. Because I opted out. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to have anything to do with you people. Get out. You know? It's, it's different from a door slam. It's really different. It's different from a door slam. It's different from a ghosting. Opting out is just is kind of like ghosting, but... There's like a chance to come back, right? But sometimes there isn't a chance to come back because those SE users have to deal with the fact that they broke me so much that they did too much damage that it's irreparable. Bye. You know? And that's just that's just literally how it works. You know? If you're the failing INJ, then in that moment, you need to recognize that you have to practice with your SE inferior. You have to constantly ask your friends, your partner, your family, how you're doing. Ask them to do, ask your friends for performance reviews. It's not hard. It's not wrong for an INJ to get a performance review from other people. It's not wrong. So ask for a performance review. Do it all the time. And in fact, uh, NTPs feel very respected and loved when their NJs ask them, you know, how am I performing? You know what's interesting about my wife? She asks me that all the time. She's SE Hero. SE Hero's got it figured out. She knows what she's doing. It's just ridiculous to me that the SE inferiors out there have so much pride and they're trying to hide their poor performance that they are too prideful to ask for feedback as to whether or not they're performing properly. I've seen it so many times. And in fact, every single INJ in my life right now to date, with the exception of two, I believe two, two, yes, two, two, IN, two INJs, uh, they, they, they will not, they will not ask me for my feedback as to how they're performing. And uh, while that's very sad, I get it. 
you know, it could be a sign of pride or it could be fear. I, I don't know, but it's a thing. So, you know, uh, opting out. No, no, no. MA four, five, six. No, uh, it is not a door slam. Opting out is not necessarily a door slam. There is opting out means that there is a chance for reconciliation. Sure. There's always a chance for reconciliation. It can happen, but the damage can be so irreparable that the ENTP could be like, you can't, you, you absolutely can't be in my life. And the INTJ shadow will door slam after they've opted out. So which the, you know, the relationship could never be repaired. It's uh, it's possible. So, so yeah. Um, um uh, what do you what are you asking ma456 how many ing injs have you dealt with i've uh, i don't know maybe thousands in my life uh are you talking about like how many injs i have in my circle right now i don't know many many scores of them so well, yeah, I mean, there's also, yes, of course, Ben, because there could also be situations where INJs just don't even know that they need to do this, right? So I'm giving you guys the benefit now that if you're an INJ or an NJ, if you're an SE user, you need to go to your SI user and ask them how well you're performing. You got to ask them for that feedback because usually an SI user is just going to bottle up inside until they can't take it anymore. You have to make the SI users feel safe enough to communicate with you in that area. Because if they communicate with you in that area on their own, it's already usually too late. You've already failed at that point. Because they've, they're they only going to communicate with you after you have established a pattern of poor behavior. Right? This is like that INFJ woman that I was dating for a while. Um, like... I gave her like four strikes before I finally broke up with her. And even then that was too much, right? Uh, and over the years, I've given women in my life less and less strikes over time. <laughs> I've given the most to my ex-wife, but, you know, over time, you know, and it's it's funny because the INJs, uh, the more recent INJs who, who, uh, who I've uh, been in sexual relationships with or dated and whatnot, they... They always say, oh, Chase, you're just so bitter. And I'm like, no, I'm not bitter. I'm experienced. And you can get over yourself. Far be it from me to enable you to have the same amount of opportunity to abuse me as past people have abused me. You see? Oh, but you're just being bitter. Like, no, you're just mad that you have less opportunities to abuse me. That's actually what's happening. Because you're toxic. You know what I'm saying? So, the U.S. is not a free society as much as people think it is. It is very affiliative. So, and SI users will not, for the most part, look down on you. If you ask them, they won't abandon you. Why would they do that? You're making them feel safe by asking them. So, Okay, MA456 is back. Okay, I'm really liking these comments, MA456. I should just keep you around all the time. Uh, okay, so it's the NJ's responsibility to ask for feedback first. I've always wondered why Crusaders don't give feedback 
from the get-go since that's to their advantage. Some of them do. I do. But I had to learn. It's a learned behavior. It's not a default behavior amongst crusaders. It's a learned behavior. And again, it's all about managing failure. Like I said, uh, enduring and having high endurance is amazing. And facing adversity is amazing and necessary for growth. But you also have to say something. How, how can you prevent, like if you're in a relationship with somebody, how can you prevent their poor performance? You have to be willing to say something. Now, a crusader is not going to do that by default. The crusader is going to hope, especially an SJ, I have to say. An SFJ just hopes that their partner is going to figure it out on their own without them having to say something. Especially ISFJs, it's like really bad with ISFJs. Um, but... But like from an ENTP point of view, it's still a learned behavior. I had to learn the habit of being willing to complain. And I actually learned this really well with Railgun because she's built to be in a relationship with an ISTJ. And guess what type complains the most out of all the types? An ISTJ. And I learned for her to even like remotely be aware of any issue that I had with her. I couldn't just not tell her about it. So I learned the habit of constantly telling her all the time what I have a problem with. But I also have to constantly thank her all the time too. You know, like like recently she showed up with breakfast in bed for me and that was that was very cute and very nice and very appreciated, you know, as as fantastic. And she's been working really hard on a couple of projects recently. And she's made these stunning visuals for those projects that, you know, she'd recently got printed out and it's it's super great and you know amazing work but you know but she tries and anytime i've no and this is one thing about railgun that i've noticed that puts her a step above other women yeah sure we're not very compatible but at the same time she does things for me that no other woman ever has like for example i criticize her and she fixes it and she doesn't you know like, you know, every now and then she might make an excuse, but but at the end of the day, she always fixes it, or she, she definitely makes the effort to fix it, right? There's women in the past where I've criticized where they've just scoffed at me, or, you know, they make excuses, or they prove to me that uh, women have a hard time uh, having their words match their actions. You know, very common, right? Uh, so, you know, it's, it, it's a thing. So... So yeah, like like ISTJs, ISTJs. Well, the thing is, I'm not saying that ISTJs. It's bad that ISTJs complain all the time because there's people out there like Railgun or other ESTPs or ESFPs who need people to complain because they're so concrete, they don't know how to react unless somebody complains. But that's one of the struggles that they have in developing their INJ subconscious. Because then ESPs have to learn how to be proactive in their actions. They have to learn how to be proactive uh, with things and not just reactive, right? And that's especially hard for her as an ESTP being in a relationship, being in a marriage to an ENTP because ENTPs have any hero and they expect, any hero expects proactivity. But proactivity is not something that's very commonplace with an NI inferior. So that's a huge obstacle that she has to overcome herself. And as much as I have to be able to have a very much higher pain tolerance because the consequences created by NI inferior through SE hero ends up being huge. 
so big that SI parents and SI heroes are built for those consequences and SI inferior isn't. So it forces me to be in aspirational mode to be able to handle those situations, right? All, so at the end of the day, it just, it makes it, it makes things a lot, you know, it makes things really interesting in our marriage, but then we end up growing a lot faster than most people. And then we don't enable each other. You know what I'm saying? That's really important. So, so yeah, um, yeah, an INJ would be a lot better with ENFPs, maybe, I, that's fine, but thing is, like, you know, ENTPs, you can't, you can't really nail them down. You have to get them to be willing to be loyal to you, but what are you doing for them to make them comfortable enough to do that? They're, they should already be giving you ultimate freedom of choice and options and choices, but they don't, they don't often really do that. Bezos is an ESTJ, actually. <clears throat> so, yeah. So, anyway, folks, uh, that's how... Uh, that's how uh, failure is the way, and that's how you manage failure with other people. Utilizing opt-out and utilizing additional communication and being willing to complain to the SU users in their life that, are, that they are performing badly, and then offer them recommendations on how they can perform better. Really be honest with them about what is annoying you and what is bothering you so that they have an opportunity to fix it so that the SU users in your life don't feel like they're set up for failure. While at the same time, if they ignore that, you always have the ability to opt out and make sure you always have that ability to opt out. If you are an ENTP more than anything in your entire life, you must always have that card up your sleeve to be able to opt out no matter what. Otherwise you're doing yourself an insane disservice. So no Sublimina, the answer to that is no. I suggest you actually watch the additional relationship lectures in season 14, uh, which is season 14, episodes 9 through uh, 16, which are available at csjoseph.ly forward slash members. Yeah, sure thing. Anyway, folks, uh, that ends this uh, particular live stream. And uh, who knows if you all have the opportunity to uh, check this out or whatever uh, later. Uh, so... Anyway, uh, I'm going to go to the gym, and I'm going to work my butt off doing supersets tonight. And it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt a lot. I'm going to see if Tampa Bay actually won the football game. So uh, glad uh, to see you all here, and thank you all for allowing me to be 78 minutes late. I apologize for my horrible scheduling skills. But uh, I'll definitely, uh, and shout out to Cayman uh, Talcott for uh, making sure that I actually showed up. Good man. Much appreciated. Uh, and uh, I won't be doing this again. So anyway, folks, I'll see you guys later. Have a good night.